You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 144, Side A. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we'll talk about pop culture, entertainment, news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else happened to catch our eye for the week. My name is Dandy Dan, and I'm joined this week by Lugwrench Perkins. I crush you. Bulldog McGuire, unfortunately, could not join us this week as somebody laid the smack down on his internet line when they were laying a fence. Yeah. So we we got some, some words for, for uh, what is it, Bulldog? Yeah, Bulldog. We got some words for him. Bulldog. But this week we are going to talk about the Netflix series Transformers War for Cybertron. We're going to briefly discuss The Land Monsters, the new entry in the lit RPG series, as well as the Netflix series Cursed. Well, so here's the deal. We talk about pop culture, and some people get annoyed when you spoil things. Uh, Things like Bruce Willis was dead all along. Holy shit. Was he? Yeah. and Spoiler uh, alert! And uh, the Avengers defeat Thanos... By having Ant-Man climb into his butthole and expanding, ripping him's rectum apart. That Did that actually happen? No, that didn't happen. Did you say ripping him's rectum apart? His rectum apart. <laughs> hey, I, anyway, I uh, screwed up the whole intro, so, so I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, so those things are called spoilers. People get annoyed when you spoil things. So just be aware of that. We're going to spoil some stuff. Uh, anyway, let's move on. We are going... To, uh, to talk about some stuff, but let's let's do some news. I think we should do some news. You should, should see we're yawning because we actually have already recorded an entire other podcast before this. Yeah. Uh, tell tell me about the Rock, Rob. This is like a all wrestling I, all the time. I it is. We've we've got a lot of wrestling this episode, I believe. Um, but I did hear that the Rock has reached out and picked up the XFL. The Rock bought the FXL for the FXL. The FXL. <laughs> the Rock bought the XFL for what was it? Fifteen million, Greg. I believe that. Yeah, it was around there. Something like that. So, I mean, I'm curious. I th- I think that. I, I mean, I think it could work. I th- I think the XFL got a raw deal because the, I, I their season was kind of cut short by COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're, we're not really sure how they how well they would have done, but I think it's something that maybe they can they can turn around and, and save. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually kind of intrigued about that to see what what leads to that. It's kind of funny because it's uh, real life mimicking art because The Rock, of course, in um, I forget the show that he was in on HBO, but the show he followed. Ballers, there we go. He ended up owning a football team, I believe, at the end of that. Spoiler, by the way. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see if that will bring people with the you know 
The Rock brings people everywhere. The Rock brings all the boys to the yard. He brings people to the wrestling ring, brings people to his movies. He's just a charming, charming dude. So I'm very intrigued. And he likes the idea of, as being a football player himself, he likes the idea of giving people an opportunity to shine where they might not have had that opportunity. Uh, Speaking of wrestlers, again, so Rob, did you uh, hear the story of Marty Jannetty, who... You know, when a wrestler's in the news that he's been retired for 10, 15 years, whatever it's been. Uh, I I did I did not hear about it until you had mentioned something about it, but but go ahead and fill me in. Okay. So I wake up today, and apparently so did Marty Jannetty, and he uh, apparently just decided this morning that he was going to confess to a murder on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook. On like, social media, that's that's always a good plan. Yeah, people make terrible pl- ideas with social media. They make terrible uh, choices on social media, like, you know, I don't know, calling in sick to work and then putting up pictures of them drinking at a bar, you know, stupid things like that. Well, the, Marty Jannetty decided that he was going to um, do this, this post. I'm just going to read it. I never told no one this, even my brother Gino, because Gino would have killed him. And I didn't want my brother gone. Hell, he'd only recently come home from Vietnam. Like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack in this post. Uh, I was 13, working at Victory Lane's Bowling Alley, buying weed from a... Uh, it's a word that you begins with an F. That means a gay man, but I'm not going to say on this podcast, that worked there. He put his hands on me. He dragged me to the back of the building. You already know what he was going to try to do. That was the very first time that I made a man disappear. They never found him. They should have looked in the Chattahoochee River. But Winnie... In parentheses, the girl in these pics, I likes you so damn much. He actually wrote it like that. Probably my pro- my favorite, but I promised myself way back then no one would ever hurt me again. That includes you. I loved you, but you hurt me with your, I guess, fucking Jamaican jealousy. You can go your own way. I don't need you. So it, there's a lot to unpack there. One, that was he said that was the first time that he made someone disappear. Yeah, I, I caught that too. <laughs> Implying that there was another time or multiple other times. Second of all, like, it kind of seems like a threat, maybe. Like, you don't need to, like, you can just say, we're over. I'm not into you anymore because you hurt my feelings or something. Like, you don't need to be like, you know, I've killed someone. Also, I'm going to break up with you. So if I was Winnie, whoever Winnie is, I would uh, probably not, uh, I would probably change my locks. Uh, so here's the thing. This So this was... Um, the post on Facebook, which of course disappeared, but uh, not fast enough because the Columbus police department in Georgia basically said, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and look into this. So they, the spokesperson from the cold case division says uh, they are going to see if anyone matches these descriptions. Uh, It disappeared in 1973. And uh, you know, of course things are a bit crazy right now, but they are going to look into it. And uh, that's a little bit nuts. Uh, Marty Jannetty, uh, one of the one half of the Rockers with Shawn Michaels, uh, wow, having an episode, and we you know we joke about these kind of things, but like this is serious if it's true, and it's serious if someone is having a mental break. So, you know, one way or the other, it is kind of a serious situation. So that is uh, that is my little bit of. Um, of news there. Uh, Rob, you, we don't have it on here, but you did mention some news to me the other day that I thought was interesting about Mulan. Oh, um, 
Yeah, actually. Mulan, well, one, I had heard it was indefinitely delayed in China, but they also have recently decided to release Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Mm. It will be available for streaming on Disney+, Plus, and from what I understand, it's going to require a purchase. Yeah, I think I saw it was twenty nine ninety five, which, you know, you bring two people to a movie, that's more than twenty nine ninety five. So I would right. be bringing... But, but you will also, from what I understand, you will also then own it. Oh, sweet. That's great. Yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Um, you know, bringing myself, my wife, and my kid to the movie, that would be more than that. Now I get to watch it more than once if I want to. If not, you know. That's... That's what it sounds like, but I'm not. I, I I would have to I would have to look into it a little bit more. But that's what I've. That's the word, if you will. Nice. Now, of course, Mulan started Mulan. Well, the way most of us know it is from it being an animated show. And one of uh, my favorite animated things in general. See that segue there? That was smooth. Very nice. Yeah, one of my favorite animated things was uh, Ren and Stimpy. I used to love Ren and Stimpy in the '90s. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there were some times I was babysitting back then. And there were some times that um, the, the kid I was babysitting would go to sleep and then I'd watch it on Nickelodeon and like the parents would come home and be like, can you wait so I can to bring me home? And they were like, oh, fine. <laughs> so I could watch the end of it. Uh, Ren Stimpy was crazy. It was. And if you talk to anybody that is doing animation today, whether it be the South Park guys, whether it be the, the Rick and Morty people, uh, who else? Family Guy, Family any guy. of those guys that do do the more edgy cartoons, Ren and Stimpy was where they got their start, where they knew that it was, they could go, they could go harder. They can go for adults. Um, mm-hmm. So that was 25 years ago. Ren and Stimpy was on the air 25 years ago. So feel old. Uh, they are reimagining the show. It is going to be on comedy central. There's no Simpsons has been on the entire time. Yeah, true. Longer than that. Uh, it will be joining on Comedy Central, other adult animation stuff, such as South Park, Beavis and Butthead, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, and Clone High. Um, of course, if you don't know what Ren and Stimpy is, it was created by a guy named John Crick Faluzzi, or John K, and it followed the adventures of Ren, an emotionally unstable chihuahua, which is basically a chihuahua, and Stimpy, a good-natured yet dim-witted cat. Um, and it was remarkably popular, but it, of course, drew criticism from parents' groups and things like that. Um, so we got that. Now I'm a little concerned about this because there was some other news about Ren and Stimpy as well. There's a documentary coming out about the Ren and Stimpy phenomena, uh, called happy, happy, joy, joy, the Ren and Stimpy story. And what I found very interesting about this is when the me too stuff broke, one of the people caught up in it, but not as big of a name was John Crick Faluzzi. Because when he was making Ren and Stimpy, of course he was popular some people contacted him, one of which being a 16-year-old girl who he invited out to his place to teach her how to do animation. Uh, and not to get too graphic here, but when she slept in his guest house or whatever, she woke up with him fondling her. And it ended up, because she was 16 and he was famous, there was a little bit of a situation where he was kind of his live-in girlfriend at the age of 16, not realizing and he was like in his 40s at the time. Uh, also there was another girl named Katie Rice who worked with him at a studio and also she was sexually harassed, although not touched or anything like that. But what's very interesting about this is 
a lot of times people will come out and say, no, it didn't happen, whatever. Uh, he actually came out. He's not a hero for this, but he did come out and say that it was a very rough time for him when this stuff was going on. He had just lost the show and he was working on other things. Of course, alcohol was involved um, and he did admit that he has a problem. And what's even stranger is this documentary was made two years ago before all of these things happened. And the people that made the documentary are like, well, we can't really put out a documentary showing how great someone is without showing the whole story. So they delayed it. So when they decided to make the documentary, they had tried to talk to him for the documentary, but he didn't talk. But after they found out this news about these two underage interns or people that were working for him Mm -hmm. um, that happened in the nineties, they, he was actually willing to talk. So like normally it goes the other direction. Uh, So if you actually watch so, and what's also interesting is they actually put this in the trailer so they didn't shy away from things. So I'm kind of interested in seeing this happy, happy, joy, joy documentary. Um, and I'm assuming that he's not going to have anything to do with the updated cartoon. But it is something to keep an eye on. <laughs> that's uh, that's two people in a row who were who were willing to talk about something that happened in the past. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's super crazy. You know what else happens. is you know what else is crazy? What's that? This motherfucker in Florida. Oh, no. It's time for WTF. Hell yeah. Welcome to Florida. Florida people be crazy. And we've got a gem today. Because this happened on I-95. There was a... And we don't really have any background information on it other than there was a guy who was driving a car... On, I think it was southbound, 95. He pulled, and it happened in like Boynton or something. He pulled off onto the off-ramp, stopped his car, got out of his car, walked across the oncoming traffic, jumped to the center divider, got a truck, a big rig, to slow down, and then he jumped on the hood and proceeded to start beating the shit out of the windshield. And the trucker was so freaked out, he didn't know what to do. He floored it. He just kept trying to shake the guy off the front of the truck. And um, and the dude was, like, almost butt naked. I mean, he was wearing, like, some kind of midriff shirt and, like, underwear. And that was it. And the oh, you're, you're making, like, every time you tell me this stuff and you're building on it, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then it gets crazier. And the... He was the truck drove like nine miles with this guy on the hood. I mean, he was driving real slow, but he was freaked out and he was trying to shake this guy off the hood. Finally, he was pulled over by Florida Highway Patrol, who who promptly Baker acted the dude that was on the hood. <laughs> so so I don't believe it was anything that the trucker did. The dude just lost his shit. And there's there's video out there of this because people stopped and they were filming this shit. They're like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> There is a lot of video. There is uh, not a name. Exit uh, 86, which I've been on. You've been on it. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the picture here. He is wearing, as you said, a midriff shirt, a puka shell necklace, it looks like. And uh, he looks like he's wearing socks as well. So I guess he was 
no shoes, just socks. I did find a a thing that said he received a call from a passenger in a Toyota SUV at 1 p.m. who said the man he was driving with began began acting strange. So the guy that was in the car with the dude called the oh, police. I'm assuming he called the police and said the passenger then said the driver stopped on the southbound ramp of exit 86 and began walking on the highway. I've driven on 95 and walking on 95 is not a good plan. Not a good idea. Lucky to be, is lucky to be alive um, for multiple reasons. The truck driver in this photo looks like he's staring casually out there. Maybe the guy is a Decepticon. They just wanted to beat the shit out of a truck. Maybe thought it was uh, Optimus Prime. You know, funny you should say that because... Why is that funny, Rob? Speaking of Decepticons, we actually have a topic that involves some Transformers this evening. I know. That's... uh... I was feeding that to you, of course. Did, did and we of want course, to, move to that topic. And of, I, I think I think we'll just roll right into it. And of course, we're talking well, about the new Autobots rollout. The, the very nice, the new Netflix release, uh, Transformers: War for Cybertron, and it's a new series that's exclusively on Netflix. They've got some cool toys out, by the way, at uh, Walmart and Target. They actually look really nice. But the mm-hmm. series was released on July 30th of 2020, this year, and it's on Netflix. It's directed by Takashi Kamei, and it stars Jason Marnocha, Jason Marnocha, Jake Fushi, Linda Russo, Frank Todaro, Keith Silverstein, Edward Bosco, and a host of other people. It's It's really an ensemble cast. But it's... Autobots and Decepticons battling for control of their homeworld Cybertron. That's essentially the synopsis. So I I think Greg and I kind of had differing opinions on this. I think so. And and I, this um, is going to be weird because I think I'm going to just like hate everything that we talk about tonight. <laughs> but go ahead. Fair enough. So we, uh, yeah, so we did, uh, you told me to watch this when you know you were talking. I think after the last no, it was like Friday. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I think it's supposed to show up. Yeah, I think so I texted I was, you that it was out that night. Yeah. So you you actually told me beforehand your feelings on it, and then so I started watching it, and I was um, concerned based on your your what you said, not overly concerned because whatever. But um, but I actually uh, really enjoyed it. I I had expected to watch one episode. And ended up watching like three straight through, and then um, watched. Of course, then the next day, watched the next three. Like, couldn't really wait to get it on. Um, I actually very much enjoyed it. I thought, mm-hmm. now, did it have flaws? Yes. Uh, I think for me, it was too short. Although I believe this is the part. This is part of a trilogy. Yeah, I, I believe that's correct. I believe there's going to be three essentially quote unquote seasons. Yeah. So, and I did, we'll talk about this, but most of this help takes place on Cybertron. It does. And I felt like they could not wait to get off to Cybertron. Like the story, the people writing the story. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that this part of the story is the most interesting because it's the stuff we've seen the least of. Fair enough. I, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just asking what your thoughts were i i had several problems with this 
first season. Um, this this series so far is totally guilty of the '80s cartoon crime of overly explaining shit, where they'll have dialogue that says they'll they'll be talking to somebody and they'll have dialogue of them standing staring at somebody and going, "I'm gonna walk over there and pull that lever," and then they show them walk over there and pull that lever, and it's like you, you didn't really need all of that shit it's it, it it was it was just they just overdid it like there there was there was another scene where the guy was like hey come this way and it was like delayed and then they cut away to the guy going and th- then the guy like raises his arm and sticks it out and it's like you you couldn't have done that all at, and it was kind of like they were trying to drag it out as is the feeling it, it was like that whole dragon ball z feeling that i got from it where you know, they just spent a lot of time with them going, oh, 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 you know, the the scared faces and shit. And so that that drove me absolutely insane. But some of the other things that I had problems with were they had they had characters who were. And this show is all about the two factions, the Autobots and the Septicons, and yes. they're at war. And some of the characters have very strong feelings about the other faction. And just as an example, there's there's a scene in the mo- when in the show. Thunderbolt was talking about Optimus Prime's mom. That was yeah, that, that, that was, was exactly it. For. But yeah. th- there's there's a scene in the show where they capture an Autobot and like six of the Decepticons are like, he's an Autobot. We have to kill him. We should kill him now. Yeah. Kill him now. And somebody's like, well, you know, we probably shouldn't do that because of this. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, whatever. And it's like, wait, what? Where, where was, well, that was uh, where's that was all that fervor? Right. Right. And it's, and it's and not he, like well, he was, he was the captain of that group. Right. He so was, but it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like anybody, it wasn't like anybody, you know, begrudgingly let it happen. It was, it was just like Jetfire said something, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do that." And it, it was totally the opposite of what they were just calling for. And I'm like, "Didn't he also I mean, cut off Star? Didn't he also cut off Starscream's arm?" He did at the time. He did. Well, see, <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't think that that had it because it, it also happened at other points in in the show because the Autobots did it too. And Optimus Prime just said something like, no, we have to be better than them. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's like, what? No. It, the, you should I, have mentioned that uh, when you talked to me. Uh-huh. So I didn't know. So the, I think it happens first with the Autobots. And I was like, is this the part? And that happened again. So I did catch that. Yeah. And, and it, it was like, it, to me, it just seemed like it was weak writing. I, I, I had a problem with that. I kind of liked where the story was going. I mean, you had the whole thing with Ultra Magnus, even though that didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Um, the other thing about the other thing about this series is that it surprisingly makes the Decepticons somewhat sympathetic characters. I I mean, I know the Decepticons are the bad guys. They've always been the bad guys. Ever since I was a kid, the Decepticons were the bad guys. But this series kind of gives them a justifiable reason for being bad guys. And it's like, well, you know, maybe they aren't quite so bad. 
you know, aside from, you know, Megatron taking it too far and wanting to do complete genocide. I mean, it's like, but that being said, it's like the pendulum swinging 100% the opposite way, because from what it sounds like in the series, the Decepticons were essentially uh, slaves and subjugated to working in the mines. And yeah, they they hinted that, which is what what I was saying. Like the one thing I I wish they had done more of. Like if this was twelve episodes, mm-hmm. they would have been able to explore that. With they would, because in six episodes, if if you really paid attention to this like closely, uh, Megatron wasn't. He was kind of going to give them a chance to mm-hmm. start off. He was basically like not trying to do genocide. And mm-hmm. then as the series went on, by about episode three or four, he's like, yeah, let's kill him. Yeah to kill them all so like, he definitely turns the pay down and there's no real catalyst for that other than i'm sick of this war it's going on for too long yeah and and that's that's what i'm talking about that that the show was a victim of just bad writing i i like the premise and i think they could have done a lot with it but i think they got lazy i mm-hmm. i i think they i think they got screwed by the COVID thing because i think that they had to cut things and push things and do whatever i don't know exactly what they it's because this is it's freaking animation. Um, you can do it all on a computer. You, I mean, a lot of stuff you can do on computers from home. People can people can do what we're doing now and record voices over the internet. I I don't I don't think in this particular instance that COVID affected it as much as like say a live action show. Well, this was um, this is done by Rooster Teeth, um, and there were some problems as a result of that because they have a very small studio. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not huge they're not smallest but they're small and switching people to home it was a little bit of a problem they they said well because they they couldn't basically get to the render farm there's a lot of it takes a lot of time of course obviously well that being said they couldn't just make people work at home because they would have had to literally break apart their studio to do it that being said then they should have delayed it because i would rather you delay it than give me a shit product and i think that's what we got i think we got an inferior product if that's the case because it, I really feel like the writing was suspect. They, they, characters made decisions for no reason, and it was like you could have get you could have given them a reason to do things, or you, it just it, I I did not did not like it. And I watched it with with my friend Jimmy, not not podcast Jimmy, but I watched it with my friend Jimmy. And he felt the same way because there were there were there were a lot of times in the first couple of episodes that we kind of just like looked at each other and we were like, "What? What? All right, whatever." It, so, I if I find myself doing that a lot, I I I'm like, "Okay, uh, some of this just doesn't make sense." Yeah. Um Optimus Prime sounded different cuz they used a new voice person. Mm-hmm. Instead of Peter Cullen, who you guys are used to, it was a guy named Jake Fauci who's done it in the video games. Uh, his personality was different too, a little bit. It's almost, I don't know if it was because they're showing him younger, but they definitely made him a little more fallible, uh, which again, that's an interesting take. Uh, I thought that the, I thought it was interesting that Bumblebee wasn't quite Bumblebee yet. He was, hadn't really, he was just like a courier mm-hmm. or trying to Scavenger. like live. Yeah, like Scavenger trying to survive. Um, he hadn't quite chosen sides yet. Uh, I The thing I liked a lot about this was Jetfire. Because mm. you knew that Jetfire had been a Decepticon, and, but he was like the first Autobot jet back in the day when you could get the toys. Mm. Uh, so it was... I'm pretty sure in the original cartoons they showed him switch over to, but uh, he was basically 
totally against genocide, just wanted to be in charge. And when the genocide thing came up, he kind of bailed and became an Autobot. And I thought some of that, I, that was actually the stuff that was most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like even the, the talking about putting like the bomb in his head, talking to, uh, who is it? Uh, is it Ironhide or who's the cop? Prowl. It was Prowl. Yeah, it was Prowl. And Prowl being like not super thrilled with the fact that they had done that as police, as car police. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I thought it, there's been so many starts and stops with Transformers, comic series, video games, toy series, different TV shows. I'm, like, it's hard for me to keep it all in track. And I thought this kind of cleansed the palate for me. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was perfect, but I did enjoy it. So did you hate it so much you wouldn't, you're not going to watch season two? No, I'll, pr- I'll probably watch season two. Um, largely for the fact that it's relatively short. Um, mm-hmm. the episodes aren't terribly long. There was what? 10 of them in this season. Six. six. Oh, six. six. Okay. So there was six. They're not terribly long. So it's, it's definitely something that you can watch, you know, without too much, uh, without too much issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably check it out and see if maybe they can do something better if they have more time to put it together. But I, I was not impressed with season one. Yeah, I would say watch it. Um, here's the, the thing. If you liked the original Transformers, but hated the Transformers movies, and you want that original design, it's worth it just for that. Especially with the battle damage. I thought the battle damage and the original designs were kind of a cool little thing, like a little addition. So um, I would definitely suggest watching it as well. Um, well, it did, of course, I, under you know what Rob says, uh, it did fall a little bit into the the pilot episode type thing where they haven't quite found the characters yet but of course it was six episodes mm-hmm. so there were some there were some problems but overall i had a good time watching it all right that was transformers uh rob tell me some other things you didn't like <laughs> well there was there's a series of and people who have been listening to the podcast are probably familiar with uh, with a new audible series that i discovered that i that i really enjoy it's called the land and it's written by Alaron Kong. Well, there was a new book that was released actually on January 1st of this year in print. And God, did it really take five months for it to come to Audible? Because it was released on Audible on June 2nd. So it was released January 1st and then Audible didn't get it till June 2nd. But it's... It's the eighth book in the Land series, and it takes place immediately after the events of book seven. And so the synopsis is basically the battle of the dead was won, but a great, but at a great cost. Scion, leader of the Mist Village, was left with only pain and regret as Richter was claimed by the Abyss. And it's all about what happens to Richter once he falls, once he, once he falls into the Abyss. And... I got to I I mean I believe that this book was simply set up this book was done simply to set up the next part of the story. Um I really felt like there wasn't a ton of action. I mean, for Christ's sake, there was an entire chapter about Richter having diarrhea. 
So, and, and this was really the first time that I've, that I've listened to one of his books. Is it, is it that kind of book? No, <laughs> or the series really isn't like, I mean, there, there, are, there are funny instances like that, but it, it really seemed like he was trying way too hard. Um, and this is really the first time that when I was listening to the book, I kind of rolled my eyes and wanted to fast forward past a chapter, but I was, I was worried I was going to miss something. And it ended up being that, no, I could have just skipped the whole chapter, not really missed anything. Um, it, this book focuses a lot on the, the game mechanics, if you will. Uh, it's a lit RPG novel. So it's basically a real life RPG where the character deals with a lot of like, uh, level ups and, and skill prompts and stuff like that. So there's a large portion of the book where Richter's actually just dealing with his, with his skill prompts and going over his new skills and getting new skills. And, and basically it introduced a new, a new layer to the quote unquote game that Richter is being forced to be part of it. A lot of it was kind of slow and just not, just not really, really my favorite. So there, there just, there just really isn't a ton of substance in this book. And it ends, it ends right before something pointful possibly happens. So he gets that he, at the end of the book, there's a battle. And then at the end of the battle, you know, you think there's going to be this confrontation and then it ends, the book ends. And I'm like, really? All right, whatever. So not, not all in all my favorite in the series. Um, the narrator is still excellent. Excellent. Uh, the narrator is, uh, Nick Podell, I believe. Um, so I really love that about it. One thing I loved about this was the narrator. One thing I hated about this was that the story just overly focused on game mechanics. So And diarrhea. And diarrhea. Yeah. So all in all, was it my favorite? No, it's in fact, I would say it might be one of the weaker books in the series, but it's set up for the next book to be, to be potentially really great. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the next book. Nice. It's weird because usually when it's a series, you're you're kind of all in across the board. I so, I really am. Yeah, especially when they actually you know come out on time. Yeah. So interesting. I'm hoping, the next book, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the next book uh, you know crushes your expectations in a good way. I I hope so. So yeah. So that was the uh, the lamp the land mm -hmm. monsters. Land monsters, yes, and uh, I think that what well, you had one more thing too, didn't I, you? I did, and it's another Netflix series. Rob, let's talk about how you were disappointed about this. <laughs> well, and I will say, of the three, this was my favorite. Now, okay. that being said, Netflix released a new series called Cursed, and it was released uh, July 17th of this year was created by Frank Miller and Tom which is awesome. Do you know who that is? I do. Yeah, I, I, I saw that in your notes. Yep. 300 and Sin City mm -hmm. and Batman Dark Knight Returns. Yep. Although he did lose, he did lose his mind for a while, but he's back. 
but it was there, there were some, there were some concerns because he I don't know if he uh, understandable concerns because he is from New York. So gotcha. uh, when when the Twin Towers fell, he went uh, very hard on the basically every, basically he created a Batman like character that was out killing uh, certain people of a certain religion. Ah, well then. Uh, and it was supposed to be a Batman story, and then DC got the the stuff, and it was like, uh, maybe not, but probably is, not. Um, but he has toned it down. He was just very angry, and there's understanding mm. there. So, but it was created by Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler. It does have uh, several directors, so they have uh, you know one person direct a couple episodes, and they'll have somebody else direct. So they've had episodes directed by John East, Daniel Netheim, Zena Fuentes, and Sarah O'Gorman. And it does star uh, Catherine Longford, Devin Terrell, Gustav Skarsgård, Daniel Charman, Sebastian Arm- Armesto. Yeah, Sebastian Armesto, Lily Newmark, Shalom Brune Franklin, and Peter Milan. Is Gustav Skarsgård, uh, is he the clown from It? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'll look it up. He He plays Merlin, I believe, in this. Okay. Another scars card. Yeah. But the synopsis is it's a teenage sorceress named Nimue encounters a young Arthur on her quest. Oh, he's, he's, he's Floki from uh, Vikings. That's how I know. Oh, okay. Okay. Encounters a young Arthur on her quest to find a powerful and ancient sword. So you it does seem right up your alley. Sir. You, you did not watch this, correct? I'm going to now. Okay. It's, it's essentially it, it, it's essentially a prequel to the Arthurian legend that we all know. And it, it really kind of lays it out very early on. I'm like, okay. Uh, it seems like the main character is being set up to become the lady of the lake. You know, the lady of the lake that hands Excalibur to Arthur in legend. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like, it seems like uh, Nimue, the main character is being set up to be the lady of the lake. So, you know, there's that. I, I could be wrong, but you know we'll we'll see what happens with that. I'm not sure where the story has room to go after season one. I mean, I guess I guess it's establishing the Lady of the Lake. I I I don't know. There there was there was definitely some corniness involved here, and it is it is kind of a. I, and I hate to say it's kind of twilighty, but it does it does receive the the teeny bopper treatment, if, you know, for lack of a better term, where it's you know teenagers railing against the machine, I guess, and like meeting someone and I love him and he's the only one for me. Yeah. They, well, you know, they fall in love and then they, you know, face off against the world and love. Yeah. And she's, she's a chosen one. And, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. And, you know, I, one of the things I loved about this is I, I do enjoy some of the creative prequel stories that, you know, kind of shed new light on old characters or in a new way, you know, something kind of like Wicked, you know, where you get a okay. you get a prequel story about a character that kind of sheds a new light on that character. 
Um, and this kind of falls in that vein, e- even even if it is a, a little lower quality than something like Wicked. It's it's okay. still enjoyable. I liked it. It it wasn't it wasn't the best thing that I've seen. It wasn't even the best thing that I've seen recently, but it was something that I watched the whole series of instead of like cutting out partway through, which I have done with one or two things. And 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 I did say have they ever sorry have they ever ever told the story of the lady in the lake? No, I, I don't believe that. I did not that I'm aware of. Okay. It's 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 something that hasn't really been addressed. That's crazy that they've never done that though. Like no one. I mean, how long has that story been around? Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I wrote down one of the things that I hated about this is the the treatment of Merlin. However. After now that I've watched the entire series, I I'm like, mm, oh, okay, okay. I, I'm not as I'm not as upset with it. I mean, it was very obvious what had happened to Merlin, and I don't really want to blow anything for you, so I'll let I'll let you watch it and find out. But you know, it was very obvious what had happened to Merlin. But the resolution towards the end of the series, I'm like, okay, we'll we'll see what happens now. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of characters that you know from the Arthurian legend, so you do have you do have Morgana. Okay. So you've got Morgana, you've got Merlin, you've got Nimue, you've got Arthur, you've got Percival. Percival shows up. You've got Lancelot. So you you've got a lot of the you've got a lot of the makings of the Arthurian legend, and it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how they get you to, or if they decide that they want to change the Arthurian legend, which, you know, sometimes happens with, yeah. with uh, stuff like that. But I, I will definitely watch season two. I'll see what happens. I'll see where they go with it. I, I'm not sure how much more they've got to actually do with it, but you know, well, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, I, like I said, I did enjoy it. Nice. Well, that was a lot of stuff. You actually went a couple weeks where you didn't have much to talk about because you hadn't had a chance to see anything. You were busy as shit. Mm-hmm. But it's it sucks that you were disappointed with everything you. Uh, I chose. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully that does not happen when we get into Umbrella Academy. Uh, so, couple little uh, housekeeping things here, guys. We are on Patreon. We are and. And uh, for just $5, you could help out the show. And what you do is you give uh, us $5 through Patreon. Uh, you get invited to our Discord chat, which is on fire recently. We have got some listeners in there, and they are going completely nuts. Uh, so there's some opportunities to learn about new things. In fact, there's a couple shows that they pointed out that I've wanted to watch. Uh, on you know, opinions such as, you know, I believe someone in the chat was talking about uh cursed as well they were saying that they don't know where it's going to go from there mm-hmm. which you just said uh you also get early access to the movie we're going to be reviewing each week the 80s or 90s movie uh early access to the what the top five list is going to be which gives you the opportunity to talk about the top five list and send it send one in and make it onto the show uh you get a birthday episode which if you heard last week's birthday episode for one of our listeners matt uh it was fun we make up a top five list about you and it is offensive, and it 
is definitely true. Absolutely true. Uh, there, 100%. there are some higher ranges on Patreon. There is a um, a range that helps out the show greatly. Uh, I would like to thank Alec for for being our uh, patron of uh, unusual size, and uh, you guys get to actually join us and curate an episode if you are in that range. That is the uh, fifty dollar range, and next week, Rob, talk about this now. Uh, I have, it's my turn to pick a movie and I am saying that it is Alex's turn to actually pick a movie and he has picked Jaws, his all-time favorite movie. Now, usually we handle crappy movies. This is not a crappy movie. No, it is not. So to make, so to make up for that, we're gonna, we're gonna throw in some crappy movies. So for our side A episode, we have now split into two episodes. We got a side A, we got a side B. The side B will be Jaws, a review of a quality movie with a quality person, but our side A episode is going to be a review of three of the worst shark movies that anyone has ever seen. You're welcome for that, by the way. It, that you purchased at a in a discount bin at a Walmart. Three movies for $5. And then Jimmy and I also had to buy that. They're probably like, there's a huge market in Orlando for shark movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Florida is all about the crappy shark movies. So what are the names uh, of it, these three movies, Greg? I'm trying to remember. It's uh, Shark Exorcist. Raiders of the Lost uh, Raid- Shark. Raiders of the Lost Shark. And Shark and and Sharkenstein. I think Frankenshark would have been a better name. Don't you think so? And Sharkenstein sounds like a some sort of like shark dentist. I no, I kinda I kinda like Sharkenstein. Okay, well. I guess that's fine. When you write your own shark movie and uh, you know, we'll see if how well that does. We're gonna do warring shark movies and we'll see oh, yeah, which we one gets the most. <laughs> shark dentist. Dr. Sharkenstein. <laughs> Dr. Sharkenstein, MD. <laughs> um, so anyway, you guys can be Patreon, uh, patrons and help us out. The chat is really fun, and we thank all of the patrons for joining us. Uh, we actually do have a new patron, Adriana Bonilla. Yes, thank you, Adriana, for joining our Patreon family. Yes, and for livening up the chat room. Uh, we are going to do our Side B episode and for our side B episode, Rob has picked a lovely wrestling movie, kind of. No Holds Barred. I'm not sure if it's a wrestling movie. It is a movie about a... Wrestler. TV, a TV owner that may be a serial killer, but... Yeah? Yeah, we are going to uh, take a look at that movie, um, and that will be out on Monday. We also have an interview coming up. We actually did that interview before this, before this recording, and... Hopefully it's going to be coming out sooner than later. I have to, um, interviews always take a little bit longer to edit. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we interviewed a wrestler, CJ O'Doyle. And it was one of those interviews that was so good and so fun. I thought that, and Rob thought that we are going to not put that with our other episode, but we are going to put that into its own episode. So be on the lookout for that. We talk about, you know, it's, we talk about wrestling from a kind of a layman's type point of view, you know, like people that, don't know what wrestlers do and what they, what it takes to be one and what it takes to be successful and all that stuff. They he let us know and what you know what mm-hmm. it's like to face off against these uh, people uh, to face down a three hundred pound Samoan when you're one hundred and seventy pounds. Painful, by the way. Yeah. And also, he started his next feud uh, with Jimmy. Yeah, he did. So, so there's going to be some sort of championship. Down match with jimmy uh at some point so i'd be concerned so that's that that is our stuff 
make sure you go onto our podcast page, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, subscribe, like, review, all that stuff. It helps us out, if, even if you don't want to join our Patreon. Uh, you can always contact us, give me 5 podcast uh, at gmail.com, or you can find all of our other stuff on gimme5podcast.com. Our store, all that stuff is there. Check it out, and thank you very much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and Jimmy, you're screwed. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. This side episode, this <laughs> Jesus, this side a episode, which means, oh, are you effing kidding me? My name is Dandy Dan, and I'm joined this week by Lugwen. <laughs> <laughs>